the Health Services Authority's new pharmacy is now open at the Smith Road Medical Center. The new location features a large, comfortable waiting area and ticketing system to improve the patient experience. All uncollected prescriptions and refill requests previously submitted will now be available for collection at the Smith Road Pharmacy. Request your refills online at hsa.ky via WhatsApp 925-6534 or call 244-2715. For more information about our pharmacy hours, visit hsa.ky. The Cayman Islands Health Services Authority's General Practice and Public Health Clinics have relocated to Smith Road Medical Center. At the new location, you'll receive top quality care in a comfortable modern space enhancing your patient experience. Do you have flu-like symptoms or other non-emergent illnesses or injury? HSA's new urgent care walk-in clinic is now open at the main hospital campus. The new general practice location is for appointments only. For more information, call 949-8600 or visit hsa.com. HSA's cardiology clinic is now located at Smith Road Medical Center. Our cardiology team provides expert care and treatment for heart conditions such as coronary artery disease, heart failure, arrhythmias, hypertension, congenital heart diseases, among others. The new location offers state-of-the-art cardiac diagnostic testing, including echocardiograms, ECGs, and stress tests. To contact, call 949-8600. At HSA, your heart matters to us. Welcome to both. 89.1 FM, another exciting episode of Healthcare Today with the HSA. I'm your host, Chuck Taylor, here with you. And today, as you know, we're all about men's health and men's, um, basically, men wellness all of this month. Um, and I have with me uh, Dr. Karen Galloway-Blake. Uh, good afternoon good to afternoon you. Good afternoon to you. And I want to thank you so much for coming on the program. And um Give me a little bit about who you are. Give me a little bit. I, sure. I know people be like credentials, but give me a little background history. So so I'm a, a physician at the HSA. Um, I got into medicine, it seems like a long time, more than 20 years ago. Um, absolutely love what I do. And, you know, I get a chance to impact patients' lives. Um, I am a physician. I'm a mom, a wife, a daughter, cousin, you know, a large family. Mm -hmm. um, I'm from Jamaica, um, you know, and I've been enjoying medicine actually all these years and, you know, happy to make an impact with respect to medicine as a whole in the Cayman Islands and help the patients of the Cayman Islands get healthier, get better, you know, feel better ultimately. Mm -hmm. So it's my pleasure to be here this afternoon. Thank you so much. And um, we've been talking about a various... Um, men's health issues over the last couple of weeks. Uh, and I want to go to something that is pretty close to Caribbean lifestyle. Right. Uh, something that impacts us. Uh, and I, I say in all shapes and forms, of course, we, we know cancer and things like that. But more underlying to me is the idea of diabetes. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, and this is something that affects us in varying degrees. And also just the day-to-day -day impact of it today it can be tomorrow, it can change. So so give me a little bit about what is diabetes and what is being diabetic consist of? Sure. So so diabetes, you're right in that diabetes is one of these chronic illnesses and it's actually one of our more common chronic illnesses. In simplistic terms, diabetes is an illness where your body is unable to control the glucose that you have or the sugar levels loosely on the road called sugar, mm -hmm. which is what we would call in medical terms, it's glucose. Right. So the normal mechanisms, hormonal mechanisms um, that control one's glucose levels 
they go awry for different reasons in our diabetic population. So ultimately, once you eat food, your body's mechanisms to get insulin out, to control your sugar levels or your glucose levels and reduce those, those are not working. Those have gone awry and they're dysfunctional. Mm -hmm. And so ultimately, your levels stay high. So you remain high, have high glucose levels or what we call hyperglycemia, which is a fancy way of just saying your levels of glucose are very high. And that persistent hyperglycemia ultimately leads to catastrophic levels of sugar that can be toxic to your blood vessels, your nerves, your eyes, your organs, your skin, every part of the body. And that is what we end up calling diabetes. So diabetes mellitus is a chronic illness where you have an abnormal hyperglycemia and you have elevated sugars in simplistic terms. In simplistic terms. So basically, once you're, um, for, for a listener, sugar, once your sugar level stays up too long, you become kind of um, immune to the insulin reaction? Is that, is that kind of how, how we're looking in at it? In some instances, absolutely. You're right in that. So there are some patients who they, they, what we, they have what we call insulin resistance. So it's not that they don't have. So there's a misconception that, okay, I don't have any insulin, doc. Mm-hmm. And that is true for some persons. So our pediatric population or those patients, usually our younger patients, they have a deficiency in insulin. Their bodies pancreas and so forth, no longer make insulin for them. Mm -hmm. And so they present at obviously a younger age, you know, the younger age groups. The majority of patients, however, will still have insulin, but the insulin is not working for them or their body is immune, as you say, or we Uh will say insulin resistance. So that term insulin resistance, our patients will hear a lot because we will say, you know, you have some insulin resistance, your insulin that you have is not working for you. It's not able to control your glucose the way it's supposed to. And so although you have insulin, your levels of of glucose remain high. And so now we have to supplement you with additional medications, sometimes insulin of different types, along with tablets to try and get your glucose levels under control. So so that would help bring down the glucose within your body. Within your body. And um, all the time you hear, you know, people saying, you know, the eat and the, the spike comes up, that, that kind of rush. Right. Is, is that what we're talking about? In that is degree? true. So so in general terms, once you eat a meal, you're going to have a spike of your glucose in, you know, with respect to what meal you've had. Mm-hmm. But even, even apart from those meal-related spikes, you still have to ensure that there's a level of insulin circulating around your body to deal with the normal rises of the the normal level of glucose changes that you're having throughout the day so well there's there's what we will call our our patients would hear us you know report that we have to give you what we call meal insulin or insulin near to your meal or we have to deal with the spikes of glucose whether it's tablets or insulin for to cover your breakfast your lunch your dinner but even apart from that a lot of patients are also given supplemental insulin that stays long-acting insulin as we would call it in in medicine that circulates in their body for usually 24 hours sometimes even 36 hours so that they have there's always a certain amount of insulin circulating to take care of if i have a sweet hair or if i have something outside of my usual breakfast lunch and dinner to deal with that insulin that that glucose surge that they're having is this um a change over the years because you know, I, I remember uh, people having to take insulin almost daily. And, you know, they, they were very, very rigid because it was so time-released and things like that. Right. Ha- has that changed a little bit? To, there to, has been to, improvements. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm happy to say that within medicine, and, and I think like everything else, we have 
modern medicine steps in and you know i guess saves us mm-hmm. so we have technology and we've had we've been able to do fantastic things with insulin and medications you know in general in for diabetes care and so our patients um of all types have a lot of options in terms of treatment in terms of the medication treatment options for them so we have insulins that we can take 5 minutes before eating so it's a little bit more convenient you no longer do you have to sit down and wait necessarily half an hour and you know wait for that time to pass right. we have rapid insulin that patients can take literally 5 minutes before their meal so it makes life a little bit more convenient and of course the more convenient medications are for a diabetic population the more we have patients adhering to their medication treatments oh, which is okay. good good Underst- for their outcomes understandable and and that just means you you have a better reaction to what's going on Definitely. with your body okay so so how how can you determine if you're pre-diabetic so the 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 first thing i'd like to say i think for both the pre-diabetic population which i'll explain in a bit and the diabetic population patients can have no symptoms at all in other words you may be going along your merry way and you may have you're not necessarily going to have a symptom and so getting those checks with your usual physician your family physician your specialist physician your usual physician getting your blood glucose levels done on a regular basis requesting things like an hba1c which i'm going to explain in a bit those are the ways that you can actually see what my actual sugar levels or glucose levels are and are my levels normal are my levels going up a little bit high which is what we call prediabetes um and the prediabetes range so so to 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 understand that more there's a term that patients are going to hear about from their physicians an hba1c test and this is now one of the gold standard tests that we use um to monitor both in terms of the control of your diabetes are you prediabetic are you diabetic and how is your treatments working for you and so typically over 6% is considered diabetes. Beyond that between 5.7% and 6%, if you're falling in that range, we would kind of flag you and alert you, look, your sugars are going up, you're in the pre-diabetic range. You don't have diabetes yet, but you're kind of on a train, and we're trying to bring you back from that train, bring you back into lower numbers. And especially if you have risk factors, you can quickly go from pre-diabetes into diabetes without even feeling anything. And so those are the patients that we want to monitor and kind of capture to prevent them from converting to diabetes. Mm-hmm. Um but the HbA1c is one of those tests, one of those tests that patients can request and patients should do and as you know, three monthly basis or even more often if necessary by their physicians and it's offered at the HSA, it's offered all over Cayman worldwide and it's a test that gives us reliability on your glucose control. usually over a 3 month period of time okay. and it's more reliable sometimes than even the regular home finger stick we still use a finger stick and we still encourage patients to do that monitor or that machine that you'll see patients buying in a pharmacy and checking their finger sticks and sticking their fingers mm-hmm. that's still done um but there there's some limitations and concerns with that only because it's painful and some patients don't like sticking don't like needles right you know so it's a little inconvenient sometimes but it's still what patients will do and will use but the hba1c does give us more information than even though finger sticks and so we use it along with what patients will report with their home readings okay and and that's good um if um just arbitrarily as a man what age should i if i don't have the history of diabetic right. in my family what's kind of the age should i start being you know concerned and just following through with it 
Well, absolutely. I would think certainly from, we would want to capture you from, you know, you're in teens. If you have no, I, no I, identifiable risk factor, you're not necessarily, you're not overweight, you're fairly active. We would start, you would start doing your regular physician annual visits um, from in your teens, you know, early 20s. And at that point, you, you develop a culture of going to the physician on an annual basis, not mm. waiting until, oh, my leg is dropping off or there's my an hand, issue, it, right? there's an issue. So we were trying to encourage, especially our male population and mostly the younger ones, to start going to the doctor, feel comfortable going to your physician on an annual basis for that well annual check. And then, you, and then at that point, they would start doing an annual screen. They'd check your blood numbers, check your glucose check your kidney numbers, check your liver numbers. And you don't need to do that more than once a year. If there's an issue happening, then your physician will say, look, I want you to come in a little bit more often, maybe twice a year, three times a year, that kind of thing. But at least an annual check, certainly from unit 20s, we're trying to get our male population to feel comfortable, you know, doing that. that. Yeah. 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 And uh, you were talking about a target level for uh, your blood sugar. What should that be? if if I'm going to a doctor, just so we're, we're kind of layman's turn, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. A, a lot of men are very nervous and, and apprehensive about going to see a doctor. Absolutely. And, and, and you know, that that's cultural. That That's just just men in general. <laughs> <laughs> and we, we laugh about that, but I'm one and I can say that. You know, it, it's almost, I'm in so much pain. We don't want you to be at that. Point. Right, right, right. You know, we, we want to kind of catch things in, earlier. In, earlier in in the stage that we can do some correctiveness for it so that you can have a longer and a better life. Right, and more options. And more options. So so at what level, if I if I go in and the, the doctor says, okay, um, your blood sugar is this, what would that be? A normal versus... The, An abnormal. Abnormal. So we're looking for certainly a blood sugar, and we can do the blood sugar numbers when you've not had anything to eat, where we call that a fasting. So first thing in the morning when you get up, before you've had a chance to have any tea or have any food, there's a fasting reading. We certainly want that to be around 100 uh, milligrams per deciliter. Now, the machines that we have will have two different units that they will, they'll have two different units. And so patients sometimes come and say, 100, doc, and my, my machine says in terms of single digits. And that's always a little confusing for a patient population because, mm-hmm. you know, unfortunately machines are... Are, are done in two different units. We just right. have to kind of work with it. But essentially, we're looking at about 100 in one and about, um, you know, seven there about in, in the single-digit unit, okay. right? For That's for a fasting reading. And certainly, after you've had a meal, we usually check your, your glucose levels two hours. We wait about two hours to check your glucose readings after breakfast, lunch, or dinner. And we're looking at about a 120 um, there about, or certainly about a, an 8.0, after you've had a meal. So it's not a very big range. So certainly if your physician says to you, oh my gosh, you know, my your your readings are 200 milligrams per deciliter or 150 or 160, any of those numbers that are certainly greater than 120, you know that, okay, wow, my, my glucose readings are elevated. Now that one reading may not necessarily mean you are diabetic. It certainly means that something has gone awry and either you've had an extremely sh- sugary or sweet meal but something has gone awry with your mechanisms. And that's the kind of patient we'd want to come in for a repeat and probably do an HbA1c, which actually draws blood, not just a finger stick, and see, good look at, get different readings and actually monitor that patient to see what are we dealing with here? Are we dealing with somebody that's at risk and pre-diabetic? Or have we actually found and captured a diabetic who was 
not symptomatic before. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, and we will have patients at, at hospitals sometimes who will come in, Chuck, I'll tell you, with, I think the highest readings I've seen was like a thousand. And I'm, yeah, I'm telling you, you and, know, so. And normal is 100? Normal is 120, 100 to 120. So you can imagine at that point you're quite sick. And that doesn't happen often, but, you know, we do see a lot of, of patients who sometimes have very elevated glucose readings and unfortunately, you know, they are ill at that point in time. Exactly. But we're trying to get patients controlled before they come to us in the emergency room and need or require admission to hospital. And, and with that being said, um, a day-to-day person, um, diabetic or non-diabetic, what should we have a meal of? You know, we, we live in the Caribbean and we, we love, love food. Love our food, yeah. Love our food. Absolutely. But <laughs> with restraint and understanding, yeah. what is their rightfully that we should be eating towards or gearing towards. towards. So we try and we try and encourage while maintaining people's love for food and we all love food, a balanced diet. I think it's more important to have a very balanced diet. That being said, with a diabetic diet and we always or the team the team dealing with diabetes involves a physician, the nurse, the pharmacist, nutritionists are not left out. And they provide they give us a guideline in terms of substitutions and so a lot of times what we're trying to achieve is a balanced diet with restriction on carbs we do have to restrict our carbs and we will say to patients okay in terms of if you really have to have carbs there are some carbohydrates that i'm calling carbs loosely called carbs that will give us really quick spikes in our our glucose levels so that chocolate bar that drink of um soda that Mm -hmm. um that you know that pepsi or so forth those are going to cause rapid surges of your glucose levels, and that's not a good thing for our body. Compared to a piece of yam or a piece of cassava or a piece of breadfruit, the more complex type of carbohydrates take a longer time to break down mm-hmm. and are technically better for us. So what we're seeing is a balanced diet for diabetics. So we have proteins, we have some vegetables, we have some carbs, preferentially the complex carbohydrates. We have our, our fruits at some point, at least two fruit options should be included in the day-to-day basis and of course our food can't be too salty so although we're diabetics we can't have a diet that is heavily based in salt either so there are going to be restrictions in terms of the types of carbs that we can have for diabetics and definitely salt restrictions also because again the salt i always call hypertension the cousin to diabetes i know the talk is on diabetes today but hypertension is that cousin of diabetes that gives trouble and so you're diabetic, but then hypertension is knocking on the door down there if we're not careful. So when you have too much salt, then that bad cousin now comes and says, well, I'm here. And then now so you now have, you double, have trouble. double trouble. Ah, And then you have double trouble that's doing double damage, double complications, double everything. In, in this day and age with the, the, I guess, the availability of food, we, we tend to, oh, it needs seasoning. Yes. <laughs> you know, we... we we, I, I, you put salt in everything. everything. I'm surprised they don't put it in water. But, <laughs> but, but with that being said, cut back on those two things. Definitely. And it makes a difference. It makes a difference. And I mean, I didn't touch on even fat content. And what we tend to do, certainly at the HSA, we get our nutritionists on board. We get our dietitians on board. Because, you know, in a physician consultation, I can't even begin to tell a patient everything about diabetes in a one consultation visit. We would be there talking all day, all night. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we have to somehow ask the you nutritionist know, to get involved also and meet with our patients and give them options. What we're trying to say is 
you don't like this or you don't like that, but here's an option that you can substitute. So it's about substituting for the same quantity. So you're not, you don't feel cheated in terms of what you're getting. You feel satisfied, but you're still eating a balanced diet that's not bad for you in terms of calories and mm -hmm. sugar content. Exactly. If you're just tuning in, you found us. We are just giving you the great information. What we're talking about here is priceless. This can change your life. This is the magic of medicine. This is the magic of being in the know because diabetes affect everyone. everybody. No one is spared. No one. L literally no one is spared. And if you're just tuning in, you found this. This is Healthcare Today with the HSA on Bobo 89.1 FM. My name is Chuck Taylor. I'm here talking with Dr. Karen Gallows-Blake. We'll be right back. And we're talking about diabetes, so you don't want to miss this. The Health Services Authority's new pharmacy is now open at the Smith Road Medical Center. The new location features a large, comfortable waiting area and ticketing system to improve the patient experience. All uncollected prescriptions and refill requests previously submitted will now be available for collection at the Smith Road Pharmacy. Request your refills online at hsa.ky via WhatsApp 925-6534 or call 244-2715. For more information about our pharmacy hours, visit hsa.ky. Why? The Cayman Islands Health Services Authority's General Practice and Public Health Clinics have relocated to Smith Road Medical Center. At the new location, you'll receive top quality care in a comfortable modern space enhancing your patient experience. Do you have flu-like symptoms or other non-emergent illnesses or injury? HSA's new urgent care walk-in clinic is now open at the main hospital campus. The new general practice location is for appointments only. For more information, call 949-8600 or visit hsa.com. HSA's cardiology clinic is now located at Smith Road Medical Center. Our cardiology team provides expert care and treatment for heart conditions such as coronary artery disease, heart failure, arrhythmias, hypertension, congenital heart diseases, among others. The new location offers state-of-the-art cardiac diagnostic testing, including echocardiograms, ECGs, and stress tests. To contact, call 949-8600. At HSA, your heart matters to us. And we're back. It's Healthcare Today with the HSA. I'm your host, Chuck Taylor, and we are talking about men's health. I have Dr. Karen Gallows-Blake with us, and we're talking about diabetes. And, and uh, Dr. Karen, let me ask you this. Does diabetes affect men differently? So there are men, our men are a special population. Um, and I say that because we sometimes really have to kind of bring them to us because, you know, there's a fear of, I guess, the physician and, and so your question about does it affect men differently, there, it affects men in special areas, I guess, or special ways or manifests that it doesn't do with women. And what am I saying? Essentially, we have one of the ways that I point out to my male population who are diabetic is, you know, a lot of them don't know that sometimes if I'm not having, if I'm not able to, you know, maintain an erection or get an erection in bed or have that sexual performance that I would want to, um, you know, they're not even looking at diabetes and we have to sometimes redirect their attention that if your diabetes goes uncontrolled or your glucose levels are very high, that is going to affect your, your, your ability to have that erection that, you know, allows you to have a good, healthy, happy life. And so it contributes to what we call erectile dysfunction. And erectile dysfunction is a way that men in particular are more obviously affected than women per se. Mm -hmm. um, and sometimes it's actually one of the ways that men will say, they'll actually perk up, you'll see their eyes and like, wow, doc, I didn't know 
diabetes could affect me like that. And sometimes that is all that we need for them to say, well, you know what, doc, I'm going to start with my medicines. I'm going to fix this, fix my diet, and I'm going to stick with my medications. And I've had patients really turn their diabetes control around just because they realize, wow, this is something erectile dysfunction could be improved just with diabetes control, mm-hmm. you know? It, it, would, would you say that that may be a start if, if a person is having uh, erectile dysfunction, that they should honestly take a look at diabetes? Definitely. I mean, I, I don't want to trivialize erectile dysfunction, which is a huge topic in of itself to mm-hmm. say that diabetes is the only cause. Absolutely right. not. But it is certainly one of those contributing diseases that if controlled well, you can have improvements in your erectile dysfunction. And there are a whole host of other treatments, which is not within my area per se, but, you know, diabetes control certainly and absolutely affects erectile dysfunction. So improving your control can certainly help your ED. And, and with, with that being said, folks, um, let, let's be real clear about it, that um, better control of diabetes overall will better your life. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and this is one of the benefits that come from it. From it, But yeah. this is kind of, you know, us men, our trigger points are, <laughs> are, are very, very primitive. So, so but with, with that being said, um, does diabetes affect other organs also? Definitely. So, you know, I tell patients loosely, at, you know, at work that, you know, diabetes affects you from head to toe. It spares nothing. Some persons may have, you know, certain areas affected and others may have different areas. But rea- the reality is diabetes has a potential to affect from your head down to your toe. And so, I, you know, literally your eyes, we have to encourage our patients to get their eyes checked. And a lot of patients don't realize that diabetes can cause blindness. Diabetes can cause you to have glaucoma. Diabetes can cause you to have bleeding within the back of the eye. Diabetes can affect your brain. It can cause you to have stroke increased risk of all types of strokes, the strokes where you bleed, the strokes where you don't bleed. Um, Coming down, diabetes affects the heart, which is one of our big, big pet peeve issues. Diabetes can cause you to have a heart attack, heart failure. It can cause your heart not to beat properly over time. Diabetes affects the kidneys, and kidney disease is one of the, the... my pet peeves because it's rising. We're seeing rising numbers of kidney disease linked to diabetes worldwide. Mm-hmm. Diabetes affects your liver. You can get fat changes within the liver. You can get fat changes within the pancreas. The, the, <laughs> it, you know, for, for many years, I always thought the, the main thing that diabetics had to deal with was amputation of the toes and feet and things. What you're saying opens up a whole broader yes. view of it because... I didn't know that it triggers all of these other yeah. issues and yeah. problems yeah. over a course of time if it's not maintained and not Absolutely. checked. Absolutely, yeah. That, yeah. That's, uh, you know, and so so with that being said, um, and you're saying, could I check my glucose level at home and, and do these types of things Definitely. to just be aware of this? Definitely, and we encourage that because, again, owning your illness is one of the ways that patients take control and feel autonomous to an extent of their own chronic illness. And so we have different types of monitorings available now. Modern science has caught up. And so we still do have the the finger stick, which most patients are going to have. But newer technologies here now where we have fancy things like continuous glucose monitoring. 
and that's a fancy little sensor that has Bluetooth capabilities. Really? Yeah, it's implanted underneath the skin, and literally it monitors oh. your sugars all day, all day. I, I've, I've seen that. That, that um, I saw a couple of uh, TV shows. I was wondering what that was, yeah. that they, they, they put the phone next to it, and they can... Bluetooth, it, it picks up with a sensor. You're, it gives an app, uh, through an app, Mm -hmm. sends a Bluetooth signal to your phone so you get readings, live readings of what your sugar, what your glucose readings are at any point throughout the day. And then at different times, it's set now if your levels, if your glucose falls below a certain point where we call it low glucose, mm -hmm. certainly anything under like four. And it's, it's set for different persons. So very low or very high, there's an alarm that goes off or a reading or a, an alarm message that's sent to you. Mm -hmm. Look, your sugars, your glucose is low or your glucose is high. high. And you can intervene and take management and take, steps. Yeah, And, and that's, that's really, I mean, that's really a huge step because now the person has very direct access Control. to, to mm -hmm. controlling it. And that's what you want because... You don't want to go to the doctor and say, okay, you need to eat better or you need to change this because it's really after the fact. Right, right. It's good right. to be able to do this and then say, hey, doc, you know, this is what it looks like because we forget. We're human. Right. These things happen. You know, I could have a spike on a Tuesday and go see my doctor on a Friday. Right, right. And they say, oh, I've been fine. But yeah. really, the spike was Tuesday. Exactly. That could be an entry point for the doctor to say, okay, well, you know what? What did you eat there? What what what, what happened then that caused this? And be able to have more control Absolutely. and understanding of Absolutely. that. Absolutely. So patients will actually come to clinic and they'll show us on their smartphones their readings and their, their ways that they can have their readings loaded up and so forth. And it gives patients a sense of pride, especially when the numbers are good, mm -hmm. you know, but even if the numbers are bad, it says, okay, well, I, and just as you said, I can go back and say, yesterday I had a piece of cake and my sugar readings was, was X or Y. Maybe I need to eliminate that piece of cake going forward, you know, so it can actually help patients make changes at their home within their, their diets. And I've always said, you know, you are what you eat. <laughs> and, and and that is becoming more and more true. Um, uh, do you always have symptoms with being diabetic? Oh, that, that's that's a sore point. No, and you so definitely there are some patients that are going to have symptoms. I feel very thirsty. I'm passing a lot of urine. I'm feeling very tired. I'm losing a lot of weight. I don't feel well, and there's just a general malaise. But there are a lot of patients, Chuck, who will walk around and they're asymptomatic. And if you were to check they may come to our attention by random doing blood glucose or blood levels for something else and that blood glucose is picked up and we realize wow your levels are high and they were unaware they had no symptom whatsoever so to answer your question you don't have to have symptoms but when you do as i said those typical symptoms are the ones that we see that extra thirst extra urination tiredness weakness or recurring infections and a, a cut that won't heal you know, so, so th these these are, are are risk factors that I if if anybody should be looking for within their life because as you said you could be diabetic or pre diabetic and not know and not these know things. It. So 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 give me some of the risk factors again. You so, were talking. So so well, I was giving you some of the symptoms, but the risk factors I would say the risk factors probably a little bit different. Risk factors are those persons who are having. Those, you know, they're not very active, what we call sedentary. So they, they're not very active in their daily, their daily lives. Um, their diets are not ideal. So their diets are probably more heavily carbohydrate based, very, very heavily glucose based or heavily mm -hmm. salty based. They have a family history, you know, mother, father, brother, sister of diabetes. 
Um, they've gained a lot of weight recently. Those are the patients who are, who are definitely going to say are more at risk of developing diabetes and predominantly type 2 diabetes. The symptoms I was mentioning, though, are the symptoms that the average person who has diabetes will have that feeling, I'm always thirsty, I'm always tired, I'm feeling very weak, I'm passing a lot of urine, um, I, you know, I'm very sleepy, I'm, I'm losing a lot of weight, and I'm not sure, I'm not trying to lose weight, but I'm losing a lot of weight. Um, I have a cut that's not healing or not getting better. Sometimes even the same ED that we're talking about earlier, that maybe they're a symptom and they're can't figure it out, they've done other checks and no other reason for ED. Mm -hmm. And so those are the symptoms that some diabetics are going to manifest, but there are those that are asymptomatic. Wow. Yeah. And, and with that being said, um, you know, I, I think uh, our listening public needs to understand that there is treatment available for Absolutely. this. Absolutely. But, but you have to know what you're looking for and deal with it. What would be some of the, the treatments to, to help control some of this? So I always tell patients that the treatment of diabetes starts with you, as in you in terms of modifying your lifestyle, modifying your eating. And then after that, no, trying to get you to exercise more, eating better. Then, of course, the physicians and the medical team are here now to start with pharmacological treatment, which just means medications. Medications can take the form of either insulin-based or non-insulin-based so we do have a lot of tablet options and we have several formulations of insulin. We have insulins that are quick, 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 as in they work in five minutes. We have insulins that take stay in your body for 24 hours to 48 hours. So we have a variety of tablet options and also insulin options for our patients. So, and the care is very individualized. There are some persons who are very afraid of insulin, very afraid of needles. And most of us are probably afraid of needles, I'll mm. be honest. <laughs> and so we will probably start with medications as in tablet forms for the average patient as an initial startup. Um, we would introduce insulin later on, depending on what your levels are, depending on comfort zones, depending on other parameters individualized for that patient. So it's a discussion that we have. There's no hard and fast that says you must get insulin or you must get tablets. I think the tablet that most persons will know about is metformin. Metformin is probably one of our older medications tablet-wise for diabetes, and it's, it's, it's both old and it's, it has both been given a bad rap and a good rap, but it's one of our standard medications that still today is recommended worldwide in every jurisdiction, but it's not for everybody. And so, you know, we have to have a discussion and make sure that your diabetes management is individualized for you, because at the end of the day, I don't care how your glucose comes down or gets controlled. I just want you to be controlled. I want you to be happy, to be comfortable and compliant. And so we want our patients involved in that discussion with the tablets and insulin options to ensure that they're adhering to the treatment. And, and once again, folks, you know, your, your health is directly related to you. So you have to own it. You have to, you know, a, a lot of, uh, and I say men because we're, we're talking quite heavily about us, we, we tend to dismiss it. We tend to forget Almost intentionally. Oh, I, I forgot to take it. <laughs> yes, you know, but yes. but th there are ways of remembering, and if you want to control it, you have to control yeah, it. Yeah, that is you, true. You know, the doctors, the nurses, you know, information is out there to help you, but at the end of the day, you have to be responsible for yourself. Absolutely, absolutely. And I, I think that's one of the things that you know we we want our our listening public to to know that. This is a case that it can be managed. You can have a healthy, normal life. Definitely. Within Absolutely. reason and understandability of what you're dealing Absolutely. with. Absolutely. And, and, and with that being said, um, 
how often would I need to be, do I need to see a specialist for this? Or, or t tell me a little bit about the, the clinical side. Of Absolutely. This. So we have two, I guess, two, two arms at the hospital. So we do have specialists. So I'm one of the specialist team within the internal medicine department. And we tend to see those diabetics that are a little bit more complicated. So diabetes and diabetic patients can be managed by your average, your, your usual physician, your family physician, your general practitioner. And we have a lot of colleagues within the general practitioner department that aptly manage diabetic patients. But there are some diabetic patients who are a little bit more complicated, as in either they're, they're very insulin resistant, so of course they're going to need more options of treatment with respect to get, you know, their diabetes to get them controlled. Or they have diabetes and they have other comorbidities, hypertension that we mentioned. They may have cancer. They may have kidney disease. So those patients who are complicated, a little bit harder to get control, those patients come to the internal medicine department, which is a specialist clinic, um, which is housed at Smith Road, and we see them, we get them seen. Usually patients are seen every three months we try and see them. Sometimes I may have to bring them in on a two-week basis or a four-week basis mm -hmm. based on what's, you know, something specific is happening. But our average patients, we will see them every three to four months. We get labs done. We see how your numbers are doing. Patients feel empowered when they see that their A1C and their glucose readings are improving they feel that sense of pride, like, wow, I'm responding, and they feel better. And it's a wonderful feeling to see your patient happy because their glucose, is, you know, glucose levels are controlled. That is a feeling you can't even describe. Understandable. Um, talking about age for one second here, um, based on age, do you see more diabetics at a later stage or earlier stage? But the, the reason I say that is because um, a, a lot of people – tend not to want to see a doctor till older right, age. Right, that is true. And, and so, the, the, and we, you know, we, we, we want you know, you to be healthy, but at a younger age also, but then you don't see, because you, you feel healthy, as you say, you, you're, you're not in that uh, particular stage of, well, I'm falling asleep, I'm right. thirsty. You're not there yet, but, but do you see that in age? In all honesty, we see a variety. It is true that we are seeing, well, I think that we're seeing a few more patients at a younger population these days. Um, and that may be partly related to, I think, changes in our eating habits generally. Mm -hmm. So, I, 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 unfortunately, I don't think we're at the ideal, we're not eating as best as we can as a population. And that's not mm -hmm. a... That's, a, that's not a Cayman thing. That's not a, a Caribbean thing. Right. It's a worldwide, it's a worldwide issue. issue. And so, unfortunately, things like obesity on is, is increasing. And so we have the obesity tells you that we're not eating properly. And that level of obesity that rises then impacts our diabetic population. So we're having patients coming into us earlier because they're now, they've had obese issues or they've had rapid weight gains and they've had other issues mm -hmm. that bring them to our attention and we find out, okay, you're unfortunately also diabetic. So I think we're seeing patients, we still see the, el the older patients who, um, you know, have had changes of their sugars over the time and they end up being diabetic. But we're seeing a lot of younger persons in their 20s, in their 30s who are diabetic and really high levels of glucose. And we can get them controlled. But, you know, the point is that's something I never saw 20 years ago when I right. started medicine. And, and I think, you know, and I, I was reading and uh, prepping for this, you know, in the U.S., one of their biggest concern, I, I use them because kind of the bigger population right, right. worldwide uh, that you can have access medically to information for. They said, you know, that they have one of the biggest fears is obesity. Yeah. 
And then the trickle-down effect of obesity was these issues. And one of the number one issues was being predisposed to diabetes. Absolutely, absolutely. And we found that if we can target, and so diabetic care and management has evolved, um, we always knew that if we could get your weight down, we could improve your diabetes and glucose control. But diabetes management has evolved to the point now where we're actually targeting specifically your obese patients or targeting weight reduction. And in fact, those are some of the arms of treatment of diabetes. So no more is it just, I'm going to give you a tablet, I'm going to take you, give you insulin. We now have patients who are given surgery, weight reduction surgeries, as a, re- as a real way of curing and getting rid of their diabetes or getting it under control. So tackling the weight is one of the ways that we actually get our diabetic patients under good control. Excellent, excellent. If you're just tuning in today, uh, you found us. This is Healthcare Today with the HSA. Uh, I'm your host, Chuck Taylor, and I'm talking with Dr. Karen Galloway. Galloway Brick. Brick. <laughs> love, love saying your name. Love, I love letting them know who you are. Uh, if they need to get in contact with you and the HSA, how can they do that? Absolutely. So we, well, I'm I'm based at the HSA. We both, we work, I work both at the Georgetown Hospital and also our clinic, which is housed at the Smith Road Center on the third floor. Um, the specialist clinic is housed on the third floor. Um, and we have um, the extensions. No, I'm having a brain moment here. Mm-hmm. I don't remember all, all the numbers. But um, so, you know, we you can actually, you can call through to the specialist clinic. And you can ask to speak to, um, you know, while we're there, most of us are there in clinics at least three days a week. The other days we're over at the hospital, you know, dealing with our patients who are admitted. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, you can call through and any of the nurses that answer or any of the team members that answer, you can ask, you know, can I speak to Dr. Gallo? And I'm always, once I'm not with a patient, um, I'm always willing to speak to patients and, you know, you know, dialogue with them and give them options and find out what's happening with them. Um, and most of us are very accessible through that way also. Uh-huh. Um, you know, that that's that's probably the easiest way to get through to us <laughs> on our <laughs> clinic. It's a little hard when we're at the hospital and we're walking through rounds and, you know, dealing with yeah. sicker patients. Mm-hmm. It's a little hard at that point. But I think the clinics are where we can be accessed quite easily um, on the third floor Smith Road. Thank you. In in final closing, um, anything you want to let the public know, j- just as a, a wrap up, as a synopsis. Sure. I think one of the things I would really encourage our patient population and publics in public in general is, you know, you want I want our patients to be empowered. And so when you see your physicians, I want patients to get to the point of asking, you know, doc, you know, can I check my HbA1c? Is my glucose readings normal? Um, we check also at, at the Smith Road Center things like our urine, you know, in our diabetic patients as a check for kidney also, kidney injury. Do you have any proteins which is abnormal in your urine? So you ask your physician, could you check my urine to see am I losing any proteins in my urine? Is my urine okay? Is my glucose readings normal? Am I pre-diabetic? Am I diabetic? And how is my control? And, you know, get to a point where you know, and I always tell patients, know your numbers. You know, you know your lipid numbers, know your your A1C numbers, know your your blood pressure numbers, numbers, you know, you mm-hmm. become a numbers person. So in your little card, I call, we used to have our blood group or, yes. you know, blood type, you know, your A1C as as, as, as a number for you, you right. know. You're and able to recite it. You're able it, to right? recite it. And you know, this is a target. This is where I am. I need to get to this target. And that empowers patients and it makes them want to be like, let's go, let's get me controlled, you know, mm-hmm. and I think that's useful. Perfect, perfect. Uh, once again, Dr. Karen, thank you so much for My stopping pleasure. by My here. My pleasure. More, 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 more power to you so you can 
have a better lifestyle, better existence, and also a healthier existence. Absolutely. That's what we're striving for. Thank you so much for tuning in as that wraps it up for another episode of Healthcare Today with the HSA. I'm your host, Chuck Taylor, and thank you, Dr. Karen Galloway. Thank you for having me. The Health Services Authority's new pharmacy is now open at the Smith Road Medical Center. The new location features a large, comfortable waiting area and ticketing system to improve the patient experience. All uncollected prescriptions and refill requests previously submitted will now be available for collection at the Smith Road Pharmacy. Request your refills online at hsa.ky via WhatsApp 925-6534 or call 244-2715. For more information about our pharmacy hours, visit hsa.ky. Why? The Cayman Islands Health Services Authority's General Practice and Public Health Clinics have relocated to Smith Road Medical Center. At the new location, you'll receive top quality care in a comfortable, modern space enhancing your patient experience. Do you have flu-like symptoms or other non-emergent illnesses or injury? HSA's new urgent care walk-in clinic is now open at the main hospital campus. The new general practice location is for appointments only. For more information, call 949-8600 or visit hsa.com. HSA's cardiology clinic is now located at Smith Road Medical Center. Our cardiology team provides expert care and treatment for heart conditions such as coronary artery disease, heart failure, arrhythmias, hypertension, congenital heart diseases, among others. The new location offers state-of-the-art cardiac diagnostic testing, including echocardiograms, ECGs, and stress tests. To contact, call 949-8600. At HSA, your heart matters to us.